In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 118th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have a big month coming up here in April. They got to nail the draft at the end of the month. The off-season program starts on April the 15th. And here on Friday on April the 5th, the Falcons will host their Locals Day. But as we head into this big month of April for the Falcons, we want to ponder the question. Will Grady Jarrett report for the off-season program? Grady Jarrett has uh, been placed with the franchise tag, $15.2 million, has not signed it. Uh, they have to July the, the 15th to get that squared away. Uh, the two sides are negotiating. We uh, found out back at the uh, combine there that the two sides were far, far apart, uh, leading to the placement of the franchise tag on Grady Jarrett. But we do know that Grady is working hard via reports from our guy Chuck Smith, the uh Big Chuck Smith, the old Falcons defensive end, who's turned into the pass rush guru. And he's been working with Grady and uh, reporting, uh, sent us a text and uh, put up some video about how hard Grady is working this offseason. So there you have it. Grady uh, will be ready to go whether he comes to the offseason program or not. History suggests he's not coming. He's not signed. They could do some insurance type deals, but if he does come, he's been a good soldier uh, along the way, but business is business, and I would understand if he does not show. Uh, Of course, you know, players like Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, didn't even show last year for the whole year. It cost himself $14 million. So, Grady's options are to, you know, not show, let the negotiations keep going on. Hopefully they can get a long-term deal by uh, July. And then if not, he can sign it and come in and play on the $15.2 million deal. But when owner Arthur Blank says, hey, you're going to be a Falcon for life, uh, past has shown us that uh, they usually get that taken care of. And so there's no cause to think that that won't happen in this case. Same thing when he says that about Julio Jones. Uh, you know, at that point, once the owner says that the uh, players are going to get taken care of, it's just a matter of his football man. Hammering out the deal with the agents, and they've done that every single time. So there's no reason to be running around bothering the players about it. Uh, but, you know, hey, if they want to talk about it, that's fine. But uh, once Arthur Blank says uh, they're a Falcon for life, that's, uh, that's enough to move on to more pressing matters. But there's Grady's situation. Really for the offseason program, we reached out to his people to find out the answer. 
Hopefully we'll be reporting that soon for you. Doesn't make sense for him to come in without a tag, uh, without uh, having signed the tag. Maybe you sign it and keep negotiating, come on in. Uh, but he's working out, so it's no big deal uh, um, with regards to if he's going to fall out of shape or anything like that. So, Grady Jarrett, that's his situation. Locals Day is coming up here on Friday. We'll have about 30 folks in the in for workouts. I think the, it's a 40-mile radius. You can get all the guys uh, from your city. And uh, Coach, uh, or excuse me, General Manager Thomas Dimitrov told us that the other teams around the league are, or you know, they're jealous because, I mean, 30 miles of around Denver, you know, they're the pro prospects there, not the same. Here in Atlanta and Georgia, the high school coaches do such a good job and uh, the uh, colleges continue to develop the players that they end up with a pretty good looking group of uh, players uh, this year I know Darius Slayton from Auburn is going to be uh, one of the wide receivers there I, Ian or Ian Berryman, a punter from West Carolina, is also slated to be there. And we sent out uh, texts and everything and uh, some emails this morning trying to see uh, some of the other players who will be there. I know Montez Sweet is from Stone Mountain. Uh, he doesn't have to come, but uh, it would be interesting to see if they get a big name like that in the locals' day. Miss making some calls, getting ready for the draft. Of course, we want to do stories here coming up to the draft on Darius Slayton, uh, Rock Yasin, the two-time state wrestling champion from Temple, who started his career at Presbyterian, uh, tracking down Montez Sweet and his folks uh, out of Houston, Brian Overstreet and Rodney Williams, uh, the agents down there. And then uh, Nick Fitzgerald, quarterback, out of Richmond Hill down there by St. Simons, I was told. Uh, of course, he's uh, coming out of Mississippi State in that uh, Dak Prescott mode, six foot five, two 230 pounds. Um, Suffered a little bit with the quarterback change or coaching change there, but uh, he has uh, tremendous upside to play in the NFL, we're told. The Falcons like him. Is a possible number three quarterback who could be active on Sundays and be active with a pa- a package. I was told not to compare him to Tyson Hill, the uh, Saints uh, guy that they used as a utility quarterback last year. Uh, he's much smaller, 6'1", 230, one year at BYU, whereas... Fitzgerald played in the SEC and was, you know, effective throwing the ball. And he also had a lot of yards running, too. So, a talented quarterback who a lot of teams is, uh, a lot of teams are uh, interested in. Nice little buzz out there on him. Nick Fitzgerald, quarterback, 6'5", 230, Richmond Hill, Georgia. You know, you can play him in some packages. Now, also, some of the Falcons' private visits are starting to come to light. And we, um, you know, share those with you. We'll, you know, before, we, you know, we'll uh, double back to the agents and confirm everything here. But our working list of private workouts, of course, the Falcons won't confirm as they consider this to be proprietary information and you could thank Bill Parcells and his paranoia for that 
Parker Baldwin, safety, San Diego State. You see where the Falcons like to go back to the same schools? Uh, this is DeMonte Casey's school, and they like that cornerback there. It's going to get a shot at Nickelback this year. We'll do some more work on Mr. Parker Baldwin, safety, San Diego State. Matches up with one of the Falcons' needs, uh, strong safety. Jordan Richards hasn't been uh, re-signed, and, uh, you know, we, they split that backup duty last year uh, with uh, Richard and Sherrard Neesman. So when Coach Dan told us at the owners' meeting last week that uh, strong safety was a still position they were looking at. Max Cosby, a defensive end, Eastern Michigan. Titus Howard, O-lineman, Alabama State. Justin Lane, cornerback, Michigan State. And, of course, Ed Oliver, the D-tackle from Houston, uh, had his pro day last week, worked out great. A lot of people believe that he's moved up in the draft and be nowhere around when the Falcons select with the 14th overall pick. They may have to get up in front of Tampa Bay, which might be cost prohibitive, and uh, they certainly may have to get up in front of Detroit who uh, hold the eighth pick. Falcons do have the nine picks, so they could, uh, if they fall that much in love with him, they could do that. Or they could sit at 14, go back, because it is a deep draft and and defensive tackles, go back, get a corner, pick up some more picks, and then just um, do what's called the draft stacking. I learned about this back in the 90s with Ron Wolf, where you just stack the position with, you know, uh, three or four players. He did it one year at cornerback and just drafted three cornerbacks because they had to find one that could play. So they could stack. They probably need the defensive stack um, the line and offensive stack the line. I would definitely uh, get at least two linemen. Uh, hopefully one of them could play. I may get three offensive linemen just because they haven't been able to, to draft the linemen and they, they keep spending money on them in free agency. Now, defensive line, you know, it's kind of thin when you look at that depth chart. The D, defensive ends are thin, cornerbacks thin. In the offensive line, I like the free agent signings. They're upgrades, but uh, I, I, I don't like the overall long-term talent there so I would like to stack that position and either push somebody to greater heights or or maybe find a player and that's probably why they're scouting this Titus Howard kid so heavily with that we're going to close here from the 118th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast this is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.